so recently, you know, those that have listened to the last podcast uh, episode know that I recently got into relations with a 50 plus year old young woman. And why am I bringing this up? Because the other day, me and her, we were in traffic. You know, I guess it was a bad accident or something that we were stuck in traffic. And me and her, you know, we were just chilling, smoking, you know, just talking, you know, getting to know each other better. So this car, um, you know, cut us off in the middle of traffic because I guess that was the exit he was trying to get off at. So he cut us off. And me, I'm no bitch. I was trying to let no one get the best of me. So what I did is that as soon as he cut me off and got off the exit, I got off the exit as well. And I chased him probably for like two blocks until he noticed me because I was honking, beeping, screaming out the window. So he pulls over and he gets out the car and says, what's your problem? And I say, you cut me off and I don't appreciate that. And he says, so what you going to do about it? So probably a year and some change ago, my best friend Chester got married and he gave me a wedding gift, a groomsman gift. And what I pulled out of the glove compartment was a shiny object. And at first, the person thought it was a gun. So he went straight back into his car and he grabbed a bat. And he got out back outside the car after he grabbed his weapon. And then when I took the little safety thing off the hatchet, it was a hatchet. Um. I stormed at him with might and fury. And the OG lady, the 50-year-old that I recently fucked, starts screaming, No, sugar. No. I don't want you to get hurt. I need you. So he's seen it was a hatchet and... I don't know for what reason he got back in his car and he sped off and I stand there being victorious. Um, So I got, I mean, I walked back to my car and I looked at the 50 year old I was fucking and I said, that's how you do it. So... She said, why did you have to do all that? You making all this ruckus for nothing? 
That's that white people shit. And I'm like, baby, that's how we do it out here. Now, give, give me some of that sugar. But I don't know. I just wanted to share that with you guys. And uh, Chester, thank you for that groomsman gift again. I can finally use it after a year. Um, I appreciate that. So recently, um, you know, I tell all my listeners, you know, I don't call them fans. I don't call them this. I don't call them supporters, even though they are, but they're family. So my family left me a voicemail on my DM, on my Twitter. And I tell them I'm always tweeting and telling people to listen to the podcast or drop a DM or a voicemail to tell me your thoughts. And we have a young lady that wants some advice. She has some issues with her boyfriend. So we're going to play that and uh, see what she's talking about. Hey, Devin, can you run that? All right, thanks. Hey, this is um, Yolanda Rivera. You know what's up? I was just calling. Okay. What's up, Yolanda? Um... Off the gate, I'm guessing you're Hispanic and you sound spicy, but hello, Yolanda. Play. Because, you know, quería ver si me podías dar un poquito de advice. And poquito means little for those that don't know. Um, I can tell she's from the streets how she's talking. So she sounds like she's from LA. I don't know if she is, but you know, I'm assuming. Play? You know, um I like your show, like from the gecko, you know. Pero like quería un poquito de advice de, you know, de mi relación, homes, like, you know, pero es que este vato me me carga de las greñas, me pega, like I even went to the Looney Tunes, man. Like Man, but like you know, try to hit me up back and give me a little advice. There's something going on, you know. Okay, thank you. Okay, so for those that didn't understand that, I'm gonna translate. So she's saying that she's having relationship issues, and her issues led her to go to the Looney Tune house. So my best suggestion for you is to um, get a man that works, um, get a man with a good credit, get a man that doesn't beat you and especially, you know, you know, makes you crazy and you end up in the Looney Tune house. But my best advice for you is. Um, dump them, get yourself an African-American, you know, with a big ass long and live after Billy ever after. Because once you go black, you don't go back. But that's my advice for you. 
Um, I hope you take it. Um, if you don't, uh, leave me another DM. See where you at with the whole situation. Okay. But with that, let's get into the episode. With episode number 47. Let's do this. Unload up your questions and pick up your sticks and your stones. And pretend I'm a shelter for heartaches that don't have a home. Choose the words that cut like a razor. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, in the sixth grade, in the summer after I graduated, the sixth grade, um, my parents decided for me to go visit Mexico for the first time. And I was going to be staying with my dad's father, my grandfather. So my parents bought a ticket and um, left me some money. And, you know, they packed my luggage. They dropped me off at the airport. And probably a couple hours later, I landed in Mexico. And then my grandpa uh, had an old, rusty I think 1965 Ford truck. So he picks me up and, you know, we're driving probably for like 30, 35 minutes to his house. And the first thing he says to me, this ain't going to be no vacation. You going to work downtown with me. Every day, you got to wake up at five and and you got to wash the donkey. And the donkey is that he had an animal. It was a donkey and he used to paint it black and white so it can resemble a giraffe. No, I mean, I'm sorry, not a giraffe. Uh, I, was some, uh, I forgot the animal's name. Um, it was some type of, yeah, I think it was a giraffe. Um, but I don't know why he, he painted it black and no, 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 don't. Here we go. Here we go. It was a zebra. There we go. 
it was a zebra. Um, so we painted the zebra black and white. I used to wake up at 5 a.m. He used to wake me up and I used to paint the zebra. I mean, the donkey zebra colors. We used to go downtown and stand on a corner while my grandpa is across the street at a bar watching me. Um, and I had a sign. I had a stool. I'm sitting down. And the sign said, come pet this African safari zebra. Um, I think it was on like five or ten pesos or something like that. And my grandpa was getting drunk and used to scream at me, hold the sign higher. Hold the sign higher. So tourists used to come and be like, oh, hi, are you hungry? And you would think they would be talking to the animal, to the donkey, but they were mostly talking to me the whole time. And uh, half the time they wanted to take a picture with me instead of the donkey. And um, a lot of tourists used to bring me food, even though at, you know, I think I was 12 or 13. I really didn't get why they was giving me food instead of money because just they just thought I was starving. And and so, yeah, I used to have a lot of food. So um, my grandpa used to scream, stop eating, stop eating. Hold the sign up. So at the end of the day, we probably made 100 pesos. And then my grandfather used to take the money and used to buy more liquor. And that was my routine for like two months. Used to wake up at five, paint the donkey. Uh, We used to go downtown, hold the sign up. And continue to uh, make money taking pictures of his donkey. And the two months were up. Um, I flew back to the States. And yeah, it it was crazy, man. It was a crazy experience. And I just hate my grandfather for that. And... Every summer, he always used to call my mother, flying back over here. I need him. I need him. And I used to say, fuck no. Hell nah. I'm chilling with Chester. I don't, I don't want to be over there. Make him uh, paint his own damn donkey. So, um... In 1975, my father met my mother. They lived on the same block in the neighborhood in Mexico they used to live in. And, you know, my dad used to always be riding his bike and, you know, passing by my mom's house waving or screaming her name, you know, doing whatever he needed to do to get her attention. So one weekend, 
my mom's parents weren't home. And uh, my mom was. So my dad rolls up and says, hey, uh, I know you're all alone at home. And, um, you know, I'm about to go camping up in this mountain near this river. And I wanted to see if you wanted to come with me. At first, my mom was hesitant and she was like, no, you're crazy. I don't know you. I just know you as a neighbor. I don't really know you. You know, they had a small talk. They had small talk. So my mom agreed to go with them. And my mom packed up some, you know, food for the picnic or whatever they were going to do up that mountain right next to the river. So, you know, my dad and my mom, they went and they were hiking or they took a couple hours to get there. And the first thing my father says out of his mouth to my mother, my 15-year-old mother, my dad was 25. He tells her, you're not going back. You're stuck here. I don't know for how long. I don't know why am I doing this, but you're not going back. So for so for a whole week and a half, probably even two, they were up in that mountain running to that river doing I don't know what. So my my mom's parents came back looking for her because They didn't find her at the house. So all the neighborhood were looking for until somebody said, oh, he went with that Mexican guy, that older guy that has the beard up the mountain. So all the neighborhood uh, went to go look for up that mountain and they're screaming my mom's name. So my dad hears them. And then my dad says to my mom, you hear that? They want to separate us. They they don't want us to be together. And then my mom was like, what are you talking about? You told me you were not even going to let me go back. You kidnapped me. And then my dad was like, no, I love you. I, I, I want to marry you. That's that. That's the whole reason why I brought you up here, because I was going to propose to you. So eventually, you know, my mom goes back home and my dad goes to jail and the jail in the 70s, especially in Mexico, looked like a outdoor shitter. You know what? It looks like a big old square box and, you know, it had bars on it. That's it. That was the jail. And one sleepy Mexican guard. That was it. So my dad ended up breaking out of there because the guard was always sleeping in uh, in the rocking chair. And this was an outdoor prison house. 
So by the time the guard woke up, like my dad was gone. And a couple days later, he goes back to the neighborhood on the same black that both of them live on and starts screaming outside the door, outside my mom's front door, I love you, marry me. And then eventually, I don't know if it was that same month or I don't know, or the same day or whatever, eventually they get married and have children. You know, and that's the story. So my dad keep it uh, kidnapping my mother. Um, I don't, I don't know why I wanted to share that with you guys, but I'm a little drunk, I'm a little high, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, you know, that's all I have for right now. You know, um, I hope everybody's being safe. I hope everybody is, you know, being responsible. I hope everybody, everybody's doing fine. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for my supporters. Thank you for my um, sponsors. Uh, But yeah. And like I say, in every single episode, make sure she sucks your dick first before you fuck. Because you deserve the full package. And we are out.
to losing And the heart rolls off 